Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. It's Jamie Malm from the Advisor Arena Podcast, and I'm back with Tom Schaff. This is episode three of the March 4th series. So we're going to bring everything together for you and help you march forth into the rest of the year. Tom, welcome. Thanks for coming back. Good to be here. So Thanks for having me back after Kansas got beat. (laughs) You keep bringing that up. Uh, Anyway, I want to pick your brain here a little bit on how to tie episodes one and two together and make sure that we're really giving folks a path to follow to implement this. So episode one, we talked about get more clients. Now we went through nine categories that you can be really strategic and intentional with. And then episode two, we talked about how to get your messaging right. So we're going to talk about how to tie those together today, right? What do you think? Yeah. So, you know, you can't, Hey, listen, if you don't have a list of people to call, there's nothing to do. So the first one is let's get focused. Let's create nine categories of people that you could call. The second is when you call them, you got to have something to say, and that's called messaging. So we taught some messages based on some proprietary things that Gradient has. But more importantly, we showed them how to do that. So regardless of what they're selling, whether they're fee-based planners, they're selling annuities, life insurance, assets under management, whatever they're doing, they can understand how to tailor that message if they're willing to do the work. Today is the integration of those. You've got a list, you've got some way to create a message. Now, what's the technique? What's the tactic? Where are we going to go? And to do that, we are going to further use our skill sets in three areas. Want to know what they are? I do want to know what they are, yes. I do, because you're wondering. Um, here's what we're going to do. The first one is we're going to take a look at, I love that. That was funny. <laughs> I would like to take a look at uh, client reviews. Let's go to client reviews first and serve the people we already work with. Then let's get referrals. Then um, let's go to our third area. And that third area would be, how do we approach people that we've never met before? Okay. And so we'll use, we'll, we'll again, look at the list. Where might these people come from? We'll think about the messaging and then say, how do we get them on the phone? And then how do we convert them? And then uh, in that, I'll give a a mnemonic called stories that'll give anybody who's done, maybe doesn't have a basic sales system, six, seven questions that'll help them um, at least further their sale. And then we'll make an offer. What do you think? I love it. So I want to mention one thing about the client reviews because we talk so much in our coaching with advisors about getting a process in place, making sure that you are following a process each and every time. So you direct any appointment where you want it to go. And client reviews, I think, are most susceptible to being all over the place. You know, well, what's going on with you or what's happened over the last year? And before you know it, you haven't been strategic or intentional and really taken advantage of that time with that client. So how do we really get what we want out of that, but make sure that the client comes away feeling really tied into us after that appointment? Yeah, I love that. So you want me to share it? Yeah, let's put up a slide and let's go. Okay. 
Um, the first place you have to start is do client reviews. And we find that when you do a good client review, uh, perhaps you will convert 50% or greater of the client reviews that we do. When you make a list of the clients that you want to start with doing a review, I think about people that are in change, people that maybe um, have some kind of distribution of asset. They are retiring. They are um, they sold a house. They sold a farm. They inherited some money. There was a lawsuit. They won the lottery. Uh, there was a divorce. There was something that changed their financial situation where there was a substantial uh, change in need or um, resources. And in that, we our goal is to pr first protect the client. So we make our list. And after we have that, again, it could be they sold something, retirement, those things. Um, we like to go two a week. Now, I've had some people that say, well, I'm smarter than you. I'm going to do six and really like increase my pipeline. And I'm like, yeah, don't do that. Um, just, you know, have faith and believe. How about we do two? No, I'm doing six. And then three weeks later, they go, I'm so exhausted. I'm like, what's up? I got so much things to do. There were so many cases in those. I got so many referrals that I'm up till midnight every night working. I'm like, how's that working for you? They're like, I'm exhausted. And so they quit doing it because it made them tired because they did too much of it. Here's the deal. Don't run 20 miles a day. Work out, you know, like a half hour. I've heard three or four times a week. <laughs> and like, that should probably do you pretty well if you do that week in and week out. Do two a week. What's our goal? At least one of them then has a business opportunity for you. Both of them are served. You get 10 uh, referrals that you turn into four introductions. Now you've got, uh, you have your two appointments, one case, four introductions, meetings set up for the next weeks. Do that every week and you'll be like crushing it. And it's easy. So two a week, don't do more than that. I usually suggest we schedule 90 minutes for that. And I never want to do um, a client review over lunch. People love to eat. Let's go take people out to eat. Would you like to go eat with me? Especially now that we're coming out of COVID and, you know, even the, the politicians aren't wearing masks on TV anymore, you know, doing their thing. Listen, let's go eat. Let's go eat. Let's go eat. And then while we're talking, those servers keep those pesky servers, they keep bugging us. They interrupt us and they interrupt our meeting. So I, don't, I never want to do a client review. You want to take someone out to dinner to thank them for a referral? Do a don't do business. The idea of doing business over lunch, I think it's the worst idea in the world. I don't do business over lunch. I don't do it over dinner. I don't do it over breakfast. I meet people. I thank people. But I don't do business. Why? Because when we're talking, I don't need somebody coming in saying, would you like some more, something to drink? Can I get you catch up with that? Like, I don't want any of that. That's a really good point because we have advisors that take clients to lunch periodically, but that's just the feel good. That's just building relationships and you're important to me and thank you for the partnership. It's not the review where we're trying to uncover problems and, and and move that forward in some business way. So I think that's a, an important point to differentiate. So thank you for that. Good. Yeah. So this next idea, we use an acronym called STORY. And if you want to retain your clients, we think you should serve them. So what we're going to do is retell them where they've been. The purpose of the story is to recount where we've been and 
then put it into context. So let's take a look at what's really happened in the last two years. A lot of stuff has changed. Um, people have died. People have been afraid to die. People have gotten sick. People have had friends that have been sick and died. Um, the market hasn't had as much volatility as I expected. But we certainly are more clear that it could be. We're looking at potentially $8 uh, a gallon gas in California. We're looking at, uh, uh, you know, potential war uh, in the Ukraine. Like, if there's ever been a time where we think uh, maybe the market's volatile. Maybe we ought to think about things like guarantees of death. Um, it's now. So what we're going to do is say, here's what I wanted to review your situation because of all the change that's happened in the last couple of years with COVID and what's going on in the world of economy, inflation, things like that, to make sure you're being protected and feel safe. So I'd like to kind of go through what my understanding is, update it as necessary and see if we're still in the right spot. And if there are other things that we can do to get you an optimal experience, um, then we're going to take a look at that. Is that great? So that's how I'd probably start. My story is S-T-O-R-I. It's situation, target, obstacles, responses, and impacts. Situation, where are you? Target, where you wanted to be, the obstacles that we were navigating, the things that we were concerned about, what we did about it, and what we think the impact is currently. So it's, hey, here's where we started. You know, when we started working seven years ago, here's where we started, this, this, this. Is there any updates in your situation today? Now, where we wanted to go is you wanted to be at this spot and you wanted to be prepared for that. And according, is that still the destination or with all the changes in the world, have you started to think about your life differently? So where are you? Where do you want to be? This is GPS. You get in an Uber, you jump in. That's the situation. I'm here. Where do you want to go? Over there. Now, here's the thing. When people are where they want to be, they do nothing. By the way, when we're selling, you know what we do? Where are you at? I'm at one Main Street. Where would you like to go? One and a half Main Street. Like, no Uber driver picks that person up, and no financial advisor should pick them up either. They're where they want. There's nothing to do there. But man, where are you at? I'm downtown Chicago. Where do you want to go? The airport in Milwaukee. Happy day. Like that's a fair. That's going to be, okay, that's 107 miles. Let's go. Um, if you can get a gap from where people are to where they want to be, well, then there's going to be some uh, sustenance in your land. Um, so what we say is here's where you are and here's where you wanted to be. Is any of those goals change? Here's what we did. This is the roadmap. We did these things. We put these products in. We made these investments. We protected your life this way to make sure we can mitigate these problems. Are there any other updates, things that have happened, things that you're concerned about with what's going on in the world that we should be talking about? It could be we identified a roadmap that had six steps and we've done three of those. So today what we wanna do is make sure those still fit and then address if, if it's the right time to uh, further go down the road and give you some additional safety. So here's what we did on those steps. 
And this is the impact. This is what you got. How do you feel about that? What's your feedback on that? So that's how I do my review. What will that take? It's going to take, by the time you slip in your personal banter and stuff, it's 45 minutes to an hour. Now, why did I... Maybe it's 45 minutes. Why do we book 90 minutes? Because there's going to be a selling opportunity in there. There's going to be additional opportunity to ask more questions in there that are relevant. <coughs> and additionally, if there's not, we're going to be able to go to client review referrals. So I think half of the people that we talk to we're going to write an additional case of some kind. We're going to move some assets to some place. We're going to do a protection device. We're going to give some kind of annuity or guaranteed vehicle um, because there are things that came up. I saw my father go to um, a long-term care facility. I want to make sure that never happens. You're going to hear that over the last two years. You're going to hear that. all the. I took care of my parents. And I never want to have my kids to have to do that. So I want to make sure that something happens to me, that I'm someplace and they can visit, but I want them to have their life back because it crippled my life. Can I ask you a question about impact here? Yeah. Here's the impact of your initiatives. How do you feel about what we have done so far? Do you use this as an opportunity to ask them about the impact if they don't make change? Well, what we want to do is, first review where they've been. Now, if like, listen, you're, you're asking an important question that we got to look at a little different. When we had our first situation of where they were and where they're headed, we're going to confirm this is where I am and this is where I'm headed. And we identified opportunities for them um, previously. We're going to make sure all that's working. It's all great. It's also going to give them the chance to say, I'm thankful that we have that. And now you can say you have things that are left undone. There's still additional uh, moves that you can make to give you better performance, more safety, um, to mitigate risk, uh, more guarantees. You know, where there's inflation is at a record level right now at seven and a half percent. Like when's the last time we saw that? The value of your dollar is deteriorating. Here's how you could hedge that so that you can you don't have to worry about that. Are any of those things things that we should talk about? Really, why is that? Now we could say to them, before we you know, make a mountain out of a molehill, um, let's pretend you do exactly what you do and you don't make any of these changes. What are your concerns about what's going to happen given these kinds of problems? And they go, I don't know. It would be like, well, if inflation continues to persist, and maybe not at seven and a half, but at least, you know, goes back to our typical 3% CPI that, you know, before the last decade, we, we saw all the time. What how, how does that affect you? What would you give up? Is that something you care about? Well, you know, you can bring all of that stuff up in the impact. But first, let's get a attaboy for attagirl for the work we've done. Got it. So in, how do you feel about what we've done so far? Get the positive feedback and then possibly if they have said, yeah, things have changed or yes, I think we need to do this. Then we zero in on what happens if we don't address that. 
Yeah. I would say, is that something we should talk about? Is that a case? And then open up a case and then do whatever fact finder you have. Like I've got one. We're not going to teach it in four minutes, but, um, but that's what I would do. Does that make sense? Good. Yep. Thank you. Now, if there is a case open and I think at least half, it depends who you're calling on. If you uh, specialize in broke people that don't have any money, you're not going to open anything. If you actually work with people that have some assets, they have sophisticated situations, people, things that are always changing, businesses that are they're exiting, investments, limited partnerships that come and go. Um, there's going to be an opportunity to talk about what to do with those assets, how to protect those assets, and why energy and inflation and volatile markets and all those things affect whatever they're holding now and what we could do to update. And if you lean toward the latter instead of the former, um, you could open up all these. Everyone you meet will be a case that's open. But so if you have the case, work your system. If you don't have a system, call me. Um, if you work your system and delivered whatever the solution is, we can get referrals. If there is no opportunity, you can still get referrals. The, you pick these people because they're the strategic um, opportunities. They probably have needs. They probably have resources. They probably have networks. And so in the client review, <clears throat> as you pick who you work with, I, I tend to find that people refer themselves. And so they refer people that are like them or people that, quote unquote, are less and less successful than they are. They don't usually refer up. And when they do, up doesn't care. Right. You know, like when I was talking to a person the other day and uh, this person was a uh, uh, a scanner, ultrasound uh, scanner person. I don't know what they're called at a hospital. And uh, they made about seven. Uh, when they came in this business, they, they decided I will call on people that do ultrasounds on hospitals. And the, the average wage in California for this position was about $65,000. When the ultrasound technician, that's the word I was looking for, um, says to the surgeon or says to the, you know, the doctor of any kind, hey, you should meet my financial advisor. The surgeon or doctor doesn't go, wait a second, do you have a pen? I got to write this down. The ultrasound tech is giving me a, that usually doesn't, it might work the other way. The doctor says, hey, you're a good person. You're starting out your career. I was thinking of you, you ought to talk to my buddy. I think that's a good point because financial advisors probably don't think through who their referral source is, right? Or who they're actually going to be referring to. They might think, oh, I'll get in with the ultrasound technician and look at all these doctors that they know that I'm going to have an opportunity to meet with. And that's a really good point. It's not going to go up. They're going to come down. They're not going to. Like financial people don't look to people that don't have any money for advice. Like nobody calls me and says, Tom, give me your physical health advice. They'd be like, (laughs) <laughs> Can I talk to your nephew? Um, you know, like you talk to someone who actually is successful in that area. Um, so referrals up don't work. So you got to know who you want. Who do you want to work with? If you were starting and some people here might have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients. But today, a bunch of them, you've maxed out what they should do. 
you know, trying to get them to buy more is just kind of wasting their time. They don't have the kind of networks that you pro or the clout. In my world, I don't want a referral to someone they know. I want a referral to someone who respects them. Yeah, good point. So if if the referrer is not respected for that domain, the referral doesn't count. So start with who is successful. Again, my thought in the world, the people that need you the most will do the least. The people who don't need you will do the most business with you. They don't need you. They'll be fine, but they want to optimize. On this call, the person who's like struggling and making $36,000 will do not a thing we're talking about. But I'm going to tell you, Jamie, there's somebody on this call that's making $4 million that's saying, I got to go talk to this guy. I could make some, you know, we could help a lot of people together and make a living. I trained a bunch of people at your firm. Here's what it'll tell you. Who got the most out of it, Jamie? The people that were already winning. The other people, they're like, oh, I know all this. Yeah, so, good point. It's a mindset for sure. It is a mindset. It's a growth mindset. If you're not mm. sure about that, look at the book Mindset by Carolyn Dweck. And uh, that's a great place to start. So know who you serve. Know the problems that you serve and the problems they have and the outcomes they deserve. you got to get clear. Here's the people that I want to serve. Here's the problems they have. And here are the outcomes they um that they deserve, that they are standing for. When you go to the restaurant and you say, I'll have the swordfish, they do not bring you Snickers. It never happens. You go to the restaurant, you order something, they bring it to you. When we say to people, I want to serve these kinds of people, they give you the kinds of people that you want to serve. Now, when you don't tell people, who you want to serve, they say, I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. Don't you think advisors are scared to be specific because they think I don't want to eliminate somebody. I'll, I'll work with anybody. And so they're scared to narrowly define who they work with. I can't speak for the advisor population. I'd, I'd be scared not to be. Listen, people that I don't want to serve waste my time. Mm-hmm. You ought to be scared to get referrals of any kind from people that are random. They're not going to be who you want to spend your life force on. It sounds like a great thing. I'll sell anyone. Yeah, except for you won't. And you'll spend time with people that don't fit. Right. When you know what problem you solve and you're known for it, referrals come in perpetually. Who looks for who looks uh, for patients, general practitioners, not surgeons. Surgeons aren't like, do you know anyone who needs like their head examined? <laughs> well, maybe we had to rephrase that because there'd be a lot of people. Like, Listen, do you know anyone who needs brain surgery? Do you need a, like, no. <laughs> if you're a brain surgeon, you're referred and you got to wait forever. If you're a psychiatrist and your specialty is, ADHD, you don't have to look for patients. You'll have to wait five months to get on that psychiatrist's list. The, the smaller the problem, the, the problem that you solve, 
if the more you niche, the less you have to look. I love that. So, Anybody listening, you should write that down. Yeah, the more uh, you niche, Hansen, the less you have to look. Mark Victor Hansen said, get rich in your niche. Mm-hmm. Like pick, pick three niches, start getting a reputation, find three difference makers. When I was a young person in the business, I would say my goal, I'd write it in a book like the Simpsons, right? And ever seen Bart right on the, the board of every uh, episode he's writing in chalkboard. Like I will not, I would put, I am a decision maker who meets with decision makers for the purpose of making a decision. I was selling corporately and I was afraid to call him the decision maker. After a while, I was pretty good at it. So then I changed it. I said, I don't want to meet with decision makers. I want to meet with difference makers. I am a difference maker. I meet with difference makers for the purpose of making a difference. If we're not going to make a difference, I'm not going to go. Why would I want to go to a meeting that we don't make a difference? You spend your life not making a difference. Everything is hard because you don't do anything that matters. If all you do is stand for who are the people that make a difference, I'm going to make a difference for them. There are people that come to you all the time that want, and you get to say, what difference are we going to make? And if there's not a difference, get somebody else. No wasted time. So for anybody that's listening and isn't joining on YouTube, the last sentence on this slide up is know who you serve, the problems they have and the outcomes they deserve. And I think what you just explained was the mindset of you deserve what I'm able to do for you. And if you don't have that mindset, if the mindset is not the difference that I'm going to make in your life, it's going to be a struggle, right? I mean, it's just, it's so much harder. You know, I'll reframe that even a little bit. Um, so, so many people are afraid to ask for referrals because they felt jilted and they felt like I feel desperate and needy. And do you, you know, do you, th maybe people will think that I'm not successful. I get referrals because they're efficient, but I don't do it because I need them. I get referrals because I care about the people I serve and the people they care about. People don't give me referrals because they're trying to help me. They give me referrals because they're trying to help them. The referrals are not for me. The referrals are there for their friends. The referrals are for people they care about. The question is, I don't want to take care of all the people they care about. So I'm going to tell them who I set my practice up. I'm not going to change my business practices, how I do business, the nature of who I, to fit them. Now, here's a challenge. Uh, there's a thing in economics called adverse selection. If we let someone in a group health situation into the pool that's not healthy, Insurance premiums go up for everybody. The second that happens, the most healthy person in the group says, I can do better on my own, and then they leave. What happens to the health insurance premium? Up. It goes up. So the second healthiest person in the group leaves. What happens to the health insurance premium? Keeps going up. I have a crisper in my fridge. 
and it has all kinds of good oranges. We put a moldy orange into the crisper. Do the good oranges rub off and make the bad orange better, or does the bad orange ruin the good oranges? I wish that would happen because <laughs> we'd save a lot of produce around here. But no, the mold, the bad orange infects everything else. When you bring clients into your pool that aren't who you're setting up for, it's distracting. Mm. It doesn't let you do things for scale. You have to know more things. You have to keep up to date with more things. Your cost per hour gets expensive. So protect your base. In the long term, take a look at the niches that you want to work. Find the people that are in there already and do your client reviews because they'll take you to more people like them because they care about their friends. Now you'll have a niche of people that you'll start getting referrals all the time that call in because you'll get known for them. I have a client in uh, Cincinnati, Chris Collier, and uh, he has um, 38 lawyers in Cincinnati. When people talk about financials or their personal finance or some kind of retirement, invariably someone says, oh, you ought to talk to, you ought to, talk to uh, Chris. He like works with lots of lawyers. I got a young man who's got, I don't know what the number is, uh, 150 or some number like that, uh, CRNAs, uh, nurse anesthetists. Mm -hmm. And um, they're all young, but they're making, you know, depending on the market, 180 to, I saw one that was making 450 as a traveling nurse anesthetist, um, all under 35. Uh, they bought a bunch of term. And disability. And now they're converting all that as they pay off their $300,000 student loans. But, you know, he'll be 40, this 34-year-old, and he's going to have 500 of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then what's going to happen is when somebody new comes into the hospital, we'll be like, hey, you should talk to my guy. See, so I want to I ask you something here. What we're talking about here is the, you know, the organic process of referrals just coming to you because you found your niche. If I need to get a jump start into this, though, I'm in a client review and I want to ask for referrals. How do I do that without that feeling of, oh, they're going to think I need them rather than I want to, I care about you and I care about the people you care about. How do I transition right. that? I usually do something um, in the client review. At the end, I say, how do we do? Great. On a scale of zero to 10, how referable was the experience? Hey, I like that line. Jamie, on a scale of zero to 10, uh, how referable was the experience you've had working with a major league sales and the former Big Swift kick for friends, colleagues who actually would need this kind of a thing? 10 for sure. You've done fabulous. Really? What's the basis for that score? It's been eight years and over eight years, I have taken more from you than I have any other trainer. And I want to, I just thank you so much for all of that. Well, that's really kind. You know, as we look, the business has morphed and we are helping less people more. Do you mind if I share with you the three specific types of people that we more and more are serving to see if there are any people that you care about that might um, be benefit from what we do? Sure. That's how you would present that. This isn't about. That's issues. excellent. Now, then I would take them through a sheet and they would say. So this is an advisor out on the East Coast. 
um, it says, these are the kind of situations, these are the people I help. These are the problems they have. And this is what they're looking for. Who do you know that's changing jobs? They need to do something with their 401k. Who do you know that's just moved into the area and it's not being served that you care about from your church, temple, synagogue, you know, whatever your thing is? Who are the people that you care about that are contemplating retirement in the next five years, friends, family, or business colleagues? Now, these aren't the most specific people. This is kind of a junior advisor. Look at it. For those of you that are more senior, do you really want just random workers changing jobs? No, I wouldn't. This is a retail clerk that's changing jobs. Don't want that referral. It's not that I don't want that person. I, I don't do that kind of work anymore. Either do you. And so that's how we do it. Now, I want to take this and let's put some meat on this bone. I would like, you know, the way I look at the world, I say, um, what do I want to earn in a quarter? What do I want to earn in a quarter? And so let, let's take one of your average persons, Jamie. What would an average person, typical person that you serve, what do they want to do in FYC in a quarter? Oh, I would say a quarter. They at least want to be nearing that six-figure mark. So let's call it 100 grand because it's a nice number. Yep. And what would be the average size? So you think about the products that they're likely to sell and the average size case that they're going to write. And underneath that, because there's so many products, what would be the average commissions from a client in that quarter? So pick a number. Um, so average case size, let's call it 100,000. Okay. And average, so what's the average commission on that? Commission probably 6%. So 6,000. 6,000. How many referrals to write a case? If they were targeted mm -hmm. referrals, not random, but it's like, here's the kind of people I work with and they showed up. How many of those would you need to write one $100,000 case with 6% commission? I mean, if a referral is walking into your office as an introduction, I would think you're going to write the majority of those. Okay. It's not walking as much as I met with a client and I just did the sheet that was right for my business. And I said, Oh, sorry. Know? I misunderstood. Okay. I, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe one Pick of three. Let's go with three. That's conservative. That's okay. It's probably less than that, but it, let's do that. So here's what we do. We take our commission, we divide it by the three. And you know what we know? Every inter, every name that we got that was targeted is worth $2,000. If I want to do a hundred thousand in that quarter, and each referral's worth two thousand. I've got to get fifty referrals. By the way, over thirteen weeks—that's four a week. Come on! Now I know that people there are people that aren't getting four and a quarter, but it's because it's not because you lack the skill, and it's not because you lack um, service to your clients. No one can help somebody who doesn't know what they want. You know what drives me crazy? I go to my church, someone loses a job, and then they say, you know what? Tom knows everyone. Go ask Tom. He can help you get a job. And so I get a call. Hi, you know, I'm a congregant at your church, and I was referred to you. I know you supposedly know a bunch of people. Um, could you help me get a job? And I say, 
what are you looking for? Oh, I'm open to anything. You know what I want to do right then? Hang up. Because nobody I know is looking for somebody who's willing to do anything. Mm-hmm. Now, if they said to you, if if I said, what are you looking for? And they said, oh, that's interesting. I've made a list of 22 companies that I'd like to work for. And ideally, I'd like to talk to the CFO. I go, let me see your list. And then I can go to work. See, the person who knows what they want gets it. So what we want to do is get clear. Who do we want to serve? Ask somebody that is in the world. If I call corporate executives, who you know they know, corporate executives. So if I say to a corporate executive, I serve corporate executives who are nearing retirement, who have changed jobs and are trying to figure out what to do with their assets, I'm going to get a bunch of referrals. It's easy. If I say, who do you know that I could extract from their resources? That doesn't go so well. So um, that's, uh, we'll skip this graph for this. You know what I do? This is my favorite thing. And then we're going to move to our last topic for today. But this is a list of advisors from around the country. And they're from Toledo and Philly and New York and New Jersey and uh, LBN, Michigan and Cincinnati and everywhere. So for anybody that's just listening and not watching, Tom has an incredible spreadsheet up. Every cell is filled with names. I have a what, am I, what am I looking at here? I have a spreadsheet. And what I do is when I get a new client, I put it into a spreadsheet. But invariably, it comes from a referral. So I say, who did I get that person from? Who referred them? Then I say, well, where did that person come from? A referral. Who did that person come from? A referral. Who did that person? I'll give you an example. Jamie Mom. Who did that come from? Came from an event that was uh, uh, with uh, Tammy and Chuck Lucius. Where did that come from? Wes Crawford. Where did Wes Crawford come? I could take that back several generations. So I do generations. My longest one, I think, is 17 generations. Now, when I get a new client, I'm thankful for them, and I write them a note. I usually send them a gift. Hey, I was thinking of you. So great to be able to serve you. Thanks for sharing your hopes and dreams. I'm going to help you do that. Bet on it. Enjoy this book. And when you read it, let's talk. But there's a person that sent them. So I'm like, hey, I'm so happy. Thank you for the referral to Jamie. Because of that, here's what's happened. And now I get to serve them too. Um, When the world opens up a little bit and you catch up, let's go out and finally um, have a dinner out of COVID. Then I'll think, you know what? I met that person because I was referred to him by this other person. I write him another note. I keep writing notes all the way back. Every time you get a referral, you go all the way back. You know what? I will tell you, I don't do it every time. I did. Then I get some busy. And what happens is there are people that I really get referrals from every week. Yeah. So I, I, so there's theory and reality. Like there's people on here who have referred me 25 times. No, no. There's people who have referred me 25 times who have given me clients 25 times. I don't write them every time I bump them together. Yeah. Understood. I do calls. I text them. 
But, you know, so I send them out. But when I do it, about half of the, the people I sent the cards to, they call me and they say, hey, I got another person for you. Hey, he looks like you're killing it. We should catch together. I could probably use a, another look at your system. Um, so I just write lots of thank you letters. I have all kinds of cards that. for them. What's up? Simple. I love it. When I go on Zoom calls, I laugh because I look at their bookshelves and the stuff in their office and I can see all the things that I've sent people that are on there. I see things that are on their office walls from eight years ago. I'll be like, sometimes we're in group Zoom calls. Somebody go, man, you got a lot of books. Where'd you get them? And he goes, because <laughs> I sent them all over the years. People say, I like books. I get 6,000 of them. I always like people are like, what book do you read? So I send them out, send them out, send them out. Man, somebody gave me 25. They got two bookshelves full of books from me. Um, so what's your thing? But um, so that's how I do that. Um, we're going to move this up to our last area. Okay. Thanks for sticking. We're going to do the people I don't know, but I would like as clients. Now, again, it all starts with getting clear what you want. Whatever you want will show up. Reticular activation. Jamie, you've got three kids. Is that right? I do. Yeah. Um, when Three you teenagers. Kids, what's that? Three teenagers, to be specific. Three. Ooh. Ooh. You seem so calm and young. <laughs> you seem so young. So here's the thing. When you were carrying the children... Did you notice all the other pregnant moms? Oh, for sure. Do you spend a lot of time noticing them today? Nope. Why did you notice them when you were pregnant? Isn't this like the when you buy a certain kind of car, then you see that car everywhere? We pay attention to. It's exactly it. Yeah. I was at the gas station the other night, and I get out of the gas station. I go in and get a soda. I come out. There's a North Dakota car. I wasn't looking for license plates, but I was like, that's a North Dakota license plate. Why? I'm from North Dakota originally. I'm, I go back in and go, who's the North Dakota person? He goes, I am. <laughs> he goes, no, that's my uncle's truck. He's from North Dakota. I said, oh, I thought you were from North Dakota and I probably knew you. Um, you know, it, <laughs> we see the things that are relevant to us. I make a list of 17 uh, I'm not really satisfied in 1993 with my dating. I see a lot of great people, but they're not for me. And I'm just like, I am not going to waste my time anymore. Instead of all these dates and trying to entertain them and press them, I'm going to get really clear on who I want to spend my life with. And until I know somebody is all of that list, I'll just go train for a marathon. So I did. I trained for a marathon every day with these two Olympic athletes I got my marathon time down to 3.36 back in the day. I could fit into my 32 pants. It was a great thing. But I, for like eight months, I didn't go on a date. I just trained and said, I'm moving. I'm getting out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the person I want. And I go out for the first time with my buddy. And we have an interaction. And this, uh, I said, well, let's go dance to this gal. And she says, uh, um, no, nah, I'm going to go home. I said, come on, let's go dance. She said, uh, I got to serve communion in the morning. And I was like, you're Catholic? I said, oh, on my list. I said, you're not from a farm, are you? Yeah. Uh, you're not from a small town, are you? Check, yeah. Be like, you're not in the health business, are you? She goes, I'm a cancer researcher at St. Jude. Check. I go through 
I drag her out and dance. I keep asking her questions, 17 qualifying questions. She says, why are you asking me all these <laughs> questions? So smooth. What's that? It was so smooth, I bet. No, it wasn't. She was irritated. <laughs> um, she still is because I'm married. <laughs> In fact, three dates later, I said, I, I got to tell you, I had a list. I, I think we're going to get married someday. And then she said, she looked at me. She goes, why'd you say that? I said, well, because that's what I think. She goes, I had a dream that we were getting married. So we got married a, a year and a half later. Um, I found out sometimes you should have a longer list. Um, oh my, <laughs> my wife said she told this would have been pages. Here's the thing. You got to know what you're looking for in a life partner. It's the biggest choice you ever make in your life. You got to know what you want in your ideal prospects. Make lists and get specific. Now, over the years, I've gotten... I've made lists of who do I want as partners? Edward DeBono, the world's leader in creativity. Tony Robbins, put him on my list. I guess I liked him so much, I put him on this <laughs> list twice. Look at that. Um, so I get clear on my partnerships. And every time I've written down a partnership, they became a partner. Not because I'm magic, not because I'm persuasive. I saw a door. So in my world, I get clear, like, who do I want Maybe it's somebody who owns an Inc. 500 company. Maybe it's a fast growth company. I was talking to a guy that moved to Nashville. He goes, I don't know anyone here, but I want to work in the business area. I said, uh, who do you want to work with? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, let's decide. He goes, well, I'd like to work with successful companies. I'll be like, okay, how about we just look up the Inc. 500 and what are all the high growth companies in Tennessee? So we wrote them all down. I said, now let's go look up high fast growth companies in Nashville. And let's go look for um, the top private companies in Nashville. Now let's go look up on the internet, the award winners, entrepreneur of the year for Nashville. And gosh darn it, you know what? You ask the internet, it's a crazy thing. I think it's gonna be big. You put words in and then words come out. I put in who is the entrepreneur of the year in Nashville? It pops up. And then if I'm smart, I can go back and make a list of everyone else who's ever been the entrepreneur of the year. Now, why would I want the entrepreneur of the year of Nashville? Because when I have four entrepreneurs of the year in Nashville, I'll be connected to the whole city. Now, how do I know this works? Because in the last four years, I've coached four of the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year award winners for the country. You can count coach people that are beginners, or you can count coach the people who become the greatest in the country. It pays better to be on the other list. What are businesses you're interested in? I asked Dale, what do you love to do? He goes, I love to fish. I said, great. Do you got a boat? Yep. Got a bass tracker. I said, fantastic. Let's go figure out. I said, Tennessee, kind of a rural state. You know, it's got a lot of hunting and fishing, stuff like that, country guys, country center of the music industry. Um, let's, uh, let's see all of the boat manufacturers that are in Nashville. Let's go look for all of the companies that make fishing gear in Tennessee. Let's look for, he's, he's like, I love to golf. Let's go look for all the golf manufacturers that are located in Tennessee. That sounds pretty specific, right? 
does. Yeah, but our list got to be about a hundred of all these things. And so the idea is who's your tribe? Listen, if you can't sell the people that you're interested in what they do that are already successful, how will you sell somebody who's not successful that's doing things you're not interested in? It is not a sacrifice to look for less people. It's cheating. Mm. It's cheating. Like, listen, um, I, I was speaking at this uh, Northwoods League baseball um, league meeting, all the owners of the Northwoods League in the Midwest. And there's a team in my hometown of Bismarck, North Dakota. His name is, um, the guy's name is John Bollinger, and he owns the Bismarck Larks. And I spoke two weeks ago, and yesterday we had a meeting. He's like, I want you to come back to your hometown, and I'm going to fill up a room of all of anybody who's anybody. And I want you to talk about how you look at baseball and sales. I will feel it. When you know who you are and who you want to spend your time with, the people show up. But you have to start with who do I want? And then you got to reach out to them. Which is where the messaging from last episode comes in. Yes. That's it. great. 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 That's right. So. Now you can shoot videos and send it to them if your compliance will let you. Um, so you should check with your compliance officer. Some people say, well, we're not going to let you do that because they can't. We do a lot of videos. People like to see your face, right? I mean. So I go in front of my passions. I send stuff to people who own baseball skyboxes. If, you know, if the baseball season would ever start, I would be in the money. <laughs> it's just that we've had two years, three years of crappy baseball. But, you know, I'd, I'd go sit like this. I might do a video in front of 6,000 bobbleheads. And I might pull one out from their town. And I might say, hey, hey, Jamie. And I would say something, right? Tommy Schaff from Major League Sales. The reason I'm reaching out to you is I specialize in helping financial advisors, especially those that are recruiting other financial advisors for IMOs, FMOs, and the like. When I talk to um, a recruiter or a person that's building a book of business. And there's a reason for us to talk, given they already had all kinds of other um, instructions. It's usually only for one of three reasons. And I give them my three. That would be a video. Now, I can make that longer or in a letter. I usually tell somebody, I send things in boxes. I send boxes to people. And I say, um, I make them unique. When I send a book on Amazon, it wouldn't be Jamie Mom. It would be Jamie, you know, butt kicker mom. Or, you know, I put in your name some kind of thing that'll make you laugh that's based on some my story. Whenever I send something to my kid at college, Aaron, dad loves you more, Shoff. Because I always <laughs> tease him that I love him more than mom does. Um, <laughs> we have a thing in my house. My kids grew up every night, they had a rule. Had to hug mom and dad before you got to bed. Couldn't go to bed. If you went to bed, I was going to wake you up. But if I was in the house, you were hugging me. Even when I got six, two kids, you hug dad before you go to bed. So if they were upstairs, I'd be like, pay the taxes. And then kid come down <laughs> and give me a hug. And that'd be our thing. So I'd say, Aaron, pay the taxes shop, right? 
little trick to make it special, create some intrigue. Now inside my letter, dear so-and-so, the reason I'm sending you this is I saw the article and I really respect that. We have a lot in common. Something, some. My guess is that you have had situations where you've had these problems. I always honor, why did I write to this person? Why did I write to this person of growth? I have some clients, um, maybe they're people of faith. And uh, they're people of faith and they've had a very successful business and they've made contributions to something at uh, maybe a hospital, something good for the community. Well, I see that, I'll be like, I want to meet this person. Difference, I'm a difference maker. I meet with difference makers for the purpose of making a difference. Let's see how I can make a difference for this difference maker. So I write him a book. I write him a Hey, congratulations on your contribution. It speaks to your willingness to make a difference. It also speaks to the work you've done to be in that spot. I serve clients like you all the time that are difference makers, and we seek together to make a difference. You already probably have business advisors, but the three times people still talk to me is this, this, and this. So I put it together. I've enclosed this book. I could, I could change that. I'm sending you this book, Business by the Book by David Stewart for a reason. David is the second richest African-American at $9 billion. And the way he came from poverty to be a self-made man reminded me of your speech at the so-and-so. Included are the 52 things that he learned from his faith that made him wealthy and let him make the contributions that you do. If these are intriguing, I'd like to talk to you. I help people. So I find who are my people? What do I know about them? I lurk them. I Google them. I don't need to send 6,000 things out in the world. I spend 20 minutes researching somebody and I write a letter for one. Mm -hmm. But because I tend to look for the same kind of people, I get to reuse those letters and just adapt them. What's our so, rate? On the, what's let, me, let me ask you a quick question here. Let's see how this plays out. I've got somebody that has a, a company they really want to get into. I'll, I'll give an example of my hometown. We have Pfizer. So if I wanted to get into Pfizer and I don't know anybody there and I have, I get online, maybe I research decision makers because I don't know who a difference maker is yet. Is that my first step? Am I just trying to find somebody to send that initial letter to and then do a little digging, see what I can find out about them? Or how do you recommend that first step? If I don't, I don't know them, but I know I want to know somebody there. I would look, so I look for people with clout. So with somebody like you can get somebody there or you can get somebody who's been promoted five times. So I look at LinkedIn. Have they been promoted a lot of times? Do they um, have they had key initiatives? I look for, in my world. If I was going to do that, I would look for someone who's winning. Um, so I would ask who's the most successful person, you know, in Pfizer. You know, if you're in Topeka, Kansas, um, you may not know anyone in Pfizer or but I mean, the city only has X amount of people. You could throw a rock and hit somebody that knows somebody at Pfizer. One time um, I was working with the company Yunker Industries and they're trying to get in and they're in Geneva, uh, Wisconsin. 
they wanted to get into Ralph's, which is a large grocery chain in the West Coast, California. They couldn't get to this person. They couldn't get to this person. They, they asked the same question. How do we get in? I said, let's look in their LinkedIn. It had nothing in there except for, it said the college and Sparta High School. I said, Sparta High School. Now, there could be a Sparta every city in the country, every state in the country. But isn't there a Sparta, Wisconsin? Yep. Do you have anyone from Sparta? Yep. Who is it? Oh, so Nancy, she's over in payroll. Can you get Nancy? They go get Nancy. Hey, Nancy, are you from Sparta? Yep. Did you go to Sparta High School? Yep. You ever heard of this person or their name? Oh, yeah, that's my cousin. They're trying to find this person, and they have an employee that's related to this person in California. Now, you think, yeah, that's one time. That happens all the time. Yeah. I said to my dad, I made a list of people I wanted to get in front of for a national project. And I said, you got to practice what you preach. I gave my dad a list of 300 executives like Oprah, um, people like that. And um, my dad was a farm dealer. He does not have a high school education, but he had a beautiful store, had a great life, was a great business person. Just at eighth grade, they took him out and said, work in the farm. Big, uh, you know, Angus breeder, uh, farmer. My dad had tractor stores. And uh, so I sent him this list. Dad, do you know anybody on this list? You know, I sure. Well, I know one guy that worked at Nike. I said, you know a guy that works at Nike, Dad? Oh, yeah, he's really rich. He got five houses. Yeah, how do you know him? I play cards with him. You play cards with him? Oh, yeah, about three, four times a year. Oh, yeah. How, how do you know this guy? He's married to your cousin. My cousin who? Married to your cousin, Becky. I have 67 first cousins, 32 <laughs> aunts and uncles, German Catholic. Wow. Nothing else to do up there. So here's the steal. He says, yeah, he's married to your cousin, Becky, who's my goddaughter. They live out in Oregon and they come in to see uh, the family and then we play cards. I said, well, what's the, the guy's name? I don't know. What the hell is Howard? Howard who? I don't know. What the hell is Ma, Ma, Ma? What's Howard's name? Howard Slusher. I Google Howard Slusher. Howard Slusher is the guy who gives Phil Knight's money away. It's Phil Knight's personal attorney. His son is the worldwide head of marketing for Nike. Okay, Just got to do some digging. So you do a little research mm -hmm. to find your hook. Yeah. And when you look at the hook, it could be the school. It could be sports. It could be media. It could be when it's an entrepreneur, send entrepreneur books. My number one thing I send to people that are entrepreneurs that are self-made entrepreneurs is a children's book called The Carrot Seed. I take and I put, I get a picture of them from the internet. I make 30 copies of it. I cut it out and in the character, whenever the character's face is, I paste the person's face over the, the character in the children's book. And I scribble on the book and I say, there once was an entrepreneur named Jamie. And she started a firm called the, the advisor arena. And you know, at the beginning, her, her colleagues and her clients and her family said, it won't come up and it won't come up. But every day she watered it with hard work and doing all these things. And at the end, the business came up just the way she thought it would. 
and then there's her face, and then she's got this big wheelbarrow full of of carrots that I put clients, money, vacation, awards. I wrap it up, put it in the mail to someone, and with frequency, I get a call within a couple of days saying, that was a clever book. Let's meet. So it takes hustle. So yeah. it takes creativity. We're going to net this. Uniqueness. It starts with the number one thing is to make a list. Get clear what you want. No one is going to get to the next level by accident. It's not like we're bored. We're going to look for you by accident. People find you because you're looking for them. People find that which they're looking for. Who do you want the second you decide who you want? You know, Jamie, you're not right for everyone. Gradient's not right for every advisor. And in Gradient, not every advisor should work with you. But the ones that are, it's the uh, the person in the arena. It's like no critics. It's the person that's going to get hit in the face. Get up. Try again. You're looking for hungry people that want to get better and that'll do the work. Don't make excuses and are looking for help and support. Fair? Fair. So we, it starts with get your list. Then the second is take what you have, turn it into your message. Once you start doing that, good things happen. If you have a selling system, it works better. By the way, the selling system we used to convert, it's the acronym story, situation. Mm -hmm. Where are you? Target, where do you want to be? Obstacles, what could get in the way? Responses, what have you done about those obstacles? Impact. If you don't do anything, what happens? Does it even matter? Does it matter to you? Will it affect your family? Does it affect your kids? Emotion. How do you feel about that? Do you care? How come? Let me see if I get this. Here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. Here's what's getting in the way. Here are all the things that are getting in the way. Here's You haven't done much about any of the things that really mattered to get there. If you don't do anything, you're going to pay more taxes. You're going to be have more exposure to volatile markets. You're going to be susceptible to inflation, taking a lot of risk, potentially exposed. Or finally, you'll still be fine. You just won't be able to live at the level you can. And you'll one day leave a bunch of money to your kids that they never earned that could get them in more trouble than if they never had it to begin with. And you will live smaller and make less of a difference in the world. How did I do? And the last word of stories is summarize. How did I do? That was fantastic. You are like the greatest listener that ever happened on a scale of zero to 10. How's my understanding of your situation? You're a 15. At the beginning of our meeting, I told you if I could help you, I would tell you. I think I can help you. Um, would you like to hear my point of view? And that's my transition into setting up Here's what I think you're doing right. Here's what I think is less than optimal. Here's some things you could do. Are any of these even things that are you're open to? What do you think of these ideas? Before we get into the details, let's talk about the investment. So I might say, by the way, whenever someone does anything, there's three investments, time, money, and change. What's the hardest, Jamie? Time. Change. No. Change. Let me redo you my know, answer. I saw people, people join me for my training. <laughs> they pay the fee. Some of them don't go to all the sessions. 
because time is harder than paying. Yeah. But not everybody changes Mm -hmm. because it's hard. But I'll tell you what, anyone that's willing to change always finds the money and they always get the return. There is no money problem. Money is not scarce. Money's not hard. What there are are people that hate to change because they think they can get to where they want to get by staying where they are. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's the selling system. I've enjoyed spending some time with your team. What that's do you excellent. think? I, I think... For those of you that are listening, if this is blowing your mind, like it has mine and Tom, there's a reason why I asked you to come on board and, and, and share this and you went above and beyond. I just asked you to come and be a podcast guest and you said, I'll do it one better. I'll do a whole series. Let's give people an opportunity to restart like it's a new year, March 4th, to really give them some tools to go make the end of the year, the rest of the year, what they want it to be. So I appreciate that so much. I think this is a prime example of, I didn't ask you to do that because it benefits you. This is you doing that for me. I did it because I care about my advisors and the advisors that I hope to work with. And you're the best resource that I could give them for That's this. Good. So thank you. Um, I want to share with our listeners how they can get more of this. We talked about uh, the big announcement on March 4th. Well, Josh and I have um, really made the determination that we want our advisors to be able to access more of you, more of this, and we are willing to invest in them. So let's talk about your program just briefly. Give me a high level overview. Um, if somebody wants to participate with you further, and then I'll tell them how they can access that where I'll, I'll pay for it. Great. Well, our program is called, uh the five tool sales school. And our goal is to help you get, we have three promises, get more appointments, get bigger deals, close them in shorter period of time. Who benefits from it? People that are already successful. If you're struggling check to check, you don't know how to do anything. The answer is you should go to whatever your primary contact is and get your basics done. This is for already award-winning producers that are looking to get a lot of their, they wanna make more money in less time. And the way to do that is to upgrade, to get to people they're not getting to, to use what they've learned at those skills for only the people that will benefit from their advanced um, skills that they have. We do a two day program. It's virtual currently Um, in coming months as things change with COVID protocols, um, it'll become in person. Um, If there's a bunch of people that ever wanted to do in person now, we might move that up. Our goal is we do two days. And then um, at the end of the two days, we have a nine week follow up. Now we do a we we take a concept like you might have seen today. We teach it in full on a Monday, give you scripting, um, ask you to learn a script for that week, do a recording we audit it and give you feedback on your recording. And then at the end of the week, we say, okay, we've listened to everyone's materials. Here's some themes. For some reason, maybe it's the way I I taught it, but there's something that's creeping in that's not helping you. And here's the problem. Here's how we change that. We do that for nine weeks. At the end of the nine weeks, you've got a system. 
Um, so we call that the fundamentals. It's spring training for sales. It's March madness. And so um, our next uh, kickoff is in April. Um, for those people that are more interested, our website is majorleaguesales.com. So you could just see uh, what that is there. But that is the program. That's awesome. So again, I cannot stress enough how beneficial you've been to me over the years, the advisors that have had the opportunity to work with you. You've spoken at an event for us in the past and you keep coming back because we just absolutely love your material. If there are people listening that do not already work with us, go to email email me at theadvisorarena at gradientib.com. It's G-R-A-D-I-E-N-T-I-B.com. And you can also go to my website, theadvisorarena.com, and there's a contact form there. If you're willing to set up just a 15-minute call to see if we can help you, there's an opportunity for us to pay for Tom's program for you. If you already work with us and you're interested in finding out how we'll pay for this, again, email me, theadvisorarena at gradientib.com. I'll send you more info on exactly what that's going to look like, but it's an incredible opportunity. Tom, thank you so much for the March 4th series. It's awesome. Great. It's been great to see you. I miss Josh. Josh, skiing instead of doing (laughs) this. What's wrong with Josh? He missed out skiing for these last two episodes, but I know he feels the same. So thank you very much. Thank you.